welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Thank you, musicians. Bless you guys so much. Thank you, Shard and Jai. Lovely to see you guys here. You're around somewhere. Ooh, praise God. I'm actually really excited about today um, because it's baptism again, and I'm, well, like we did it last month, and then I went over Joel's place, and we did another baptism there, and then we're doing another one. I watched Jesus Revolution over the weekend. Anyone seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm so tired of crying. <laughs> anyway, people being baptized. They all baptize in hundreds, sometimes thousands every single week. That's pretty cool. So we're going to be continuing the journey of what baptism means. And for those who were here, I think three or four weeks ago, whenever it was, I preached last about baptism. I preached about baptism in water. So we're going to continue that. Um, and I think baptism of water is very good, but I want to do something a little bit different. For those who weren't here, the reason we baptize in water, there's so many wide variety of explanations, but if you look through scripture, it's because when we, when we identify with water, we identify with how things were at the very beginning. At the very beginning, Genesis 1, it says that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So water is pre-sin, water is pre-decay, and we're identifying with that pre-sin, pre-decay moment with God. Also, as I mentioned last time, water is imageless. You know, and when you allow it to, just to run... You know, it doesn't have an image. In the same way that we should not hold each other or God to an image. You know, we should set each other free through forgiveness. It's like, oh, yeah, but they're an ex-con. Okay, lose that image. Oh, that person's an ex-druggie. Lose the image. Because we're all being created in the image of God. That's the goal. So I want to continue that um, with... The baptism of fire. Yeah. Be a good one. Because really, fire changes everything. Fire changes everything it touches. Both physically, psychologically, emotionally. Tell you a quick story about myself that I don't think really anybody here except for maybe Rachel knows. But many, many years ago, I was on fire. Not spiritually, Physically, <laughs> I was involved in a fire accident, yeah, all up my face, um, it was a fuel accident, small one, and I remember, <laughs> I remember being on fire, but I didn't realize it was me, okay, I actually thought the fire was around me, because it was originally just around me, um, but I had caught fire because the fuel had splashed onto me as well, and so the first thing I did was obviously you run, right? Now, I was told and taught a lot of times when I was a kid that you meant to stop, drop, roll. Exactly, Miss Sarah, yes. There's even a song. Have you guys heard the song? Oh, it goes, stop, drop, roll, stop, drop, roll. Here's what you do if this shit happened to you. Anyway, so there's a whole, there's a whole start. I'm not going to continue. Anyway, so I'm thinking this, right? And I'm trying to get out of the fire. I'm running. And then I went, oh, wait. It's me, because <laughs> it kept following me. 
and then thankfully, thank you, Lord, I managed to calm down enough to run to the closest tap because I remembered where it was. I couldn't see well because the flames were fl- going across my face. And I put myself out, praise God. Um, yeah, there was skin melting. In fact, I've had a chat to one of the witnesses that was there, and they were like, ooh, it was horrible. Yes, your face was melting. Um, they kind of patched me up with a whole stack of like creams. I, I remember the first Sunday I walked back into church, and I overheard a conversation. It was pretty funny. But one of the lovely old ladies in our church, they were talking about me catching fire and how I looked, and she said, it's such a shame. He was becoming such a good-looking young man. Like, brutal. That's called church hurt. <laughs> yeah, fair, and then there's forgiveness. Thank you. Yeah. But the church actually prayed for me. And I was told that I wasn't even going to be able to go out in the sun for long because it had ruined so much. But not only did God heal me physically, he healed me emotionally and he healed me psychologically. Well, maybe a little bit more psychological needs to happen, but... <laughs> As Mel, Pastor Mel pointed out to me this morning, she's just like, you still need trauma counseling, John. <laughs> yeah, thank you. What? <laughs> um, but the thing is, fire does actually affect every part. It really does. Uh, when you think about natural, it can either hurt you or it can even heal you. It does. It can destroy or it can refine um, harmed or warmed, burning or baking, I like the baking part better, killing or cooking, and even when you think about fire, it can create trauma or even one of my favorite things, which is fire oven pizzas. Yeah, it's the same, same fire, different outcomes. But we cannot ignore that something has changed. So point one, those who like points. In fact, sorry, for those who actually like everything, the title today is Baptism of Fire in Relationships. There you go. Oh, well done. Baptism of Fire in Relationships. Point one, God is fire. Honestly. So Luke 3 verse 16, um, John answered, this is John the Baptist, and he's done a whole stack of baptizing, and this is what he says to um, to the crowds. He said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not even worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Um, And which is better, water or fire? It's like, well, biblically, why not both? Do both. Water and fire. Identify with the pre-sin, pre-decay, imagelessness of water, but then also identify with the power of fire. Because fire has immense transformational power in both the natural and, of course, relates to the spiritual. Um, Fire is also imageless. In fact, there's no specific or particular shape for fire, is there? Like we have a general broad view, kind of has the things that come up. But you can't classify or confine it into a very specific shape. Um, Like we spoke about last time with Exodus 20. Same with water, all right? Um, Don't have an image of God that way. So another reason for baptism of fire is because God often reveals himself 
in the fire and as the fire. Um, In Isaiah 10, verse 17, it says, So the light of Israel, that's speaking of the Messiah, will be for a fire. Yeah, it's like, he's going to be the fire. And his holy one for a flame. It will burn and devour. Interesting. It will, uh, his thorns and briars in one day. So he, the same fire will burn stuff as well as be a light. See how it's both destructive and also beautiful. Um, in Deuteronomy 4.25, sorry, uh, Deuteronomy 4.24, it says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. Uh, some translations say an all-consuming fire, but it's still the same, a consuming fire, a jealous God. In Hebrews 12.29, it says, For our God is a consuming fire. So when you're baptized in this God Almighty, you are being baptized in fire. It's not just, oh, yes, I'm in Christ. No, no, you are being baptized in an eternal fire. Keep that in your mind for a second. Because that fire releases and purifies anything back to its core components. Stay with me on this. This is what fire does, even in the natural. For those who don't know, I'm in the fire training industry. Fire reduces, releases, and purifies everything it touches right back to its core components. I'll give you an example. A log in a fire. (laughs) Throw the log in. From the outside, from we look at it, it looks like the log is being destroyed. Think, oh, the fire is just destroying it. But basically what really is happening is it's being transformed into its original carbon gases and energy. It's not been destroyed, it's been transformed into its original image and state. You, we, everyone actually need fire. It's why we need God, it's why we need Christ. Because fire does not give us what we want, but it shows us what we truly are. That's what it does, it refines to that. In fact, fire burns anything that's not permanent. All right, you think about it. The reason why fire burns a log back to its original components of energy is because energy cannot be destroyed. That's it's its original component. Oh, years ago, not on my notes, sorry, but years ago, I was doing a, a safety training session. And this is so God, doing a safety training session, and you know they went out for morning tea, and one of the guys stayed behind, and out of the blue, I don't I don't even remember how it led to this, but he said, oh. He goes, I noticed, maybe, are you a Christian? I think I might have said the word blessed or something. I think I said, bless you guys. And he's like, are you a Christian? I went, yeah. And he said, oh, my son, my son keeps, and my daughter keep fighting. He said, because my son's like, I believe in science. And my daughter's like, no, no, there's more to that. You've got to have faith. And I said to him, well, there is science for God, for those who are new. And I used that, the fact that energy cannot be created, energy cannot be destroyed. If energy cannot be created, then it has no beginning. If energy cannot be destroyed, then it has no end. Therefore, it has to be an internal source from an eternal source. It's literally right there in the first law of thermodynamics. And he went, awesome. And I can see the smile on his face. He's like, I'm going to kick my son with that one. (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole stack of others, but that was just one of those conversations. Because that's what fire does, though. Fire brings us back and everything back to its original components. Um, 
because fire burns anything that's not permanent, I wonder why we build things that are not permanent. So um, Rachel and I, we went to Norway. On our way back from Norway, we stopped in at Qatar. Qatar was ridiculously hot. Tons of money. It's one of the richest countries in the world. Uh, and they've got huge, beautiful buildings and all that. But it's just like it's built in a desert. And you can barely breathe. And just one nuke and the whole thing's gone. No matter where you live. Nothing, nothing like that's permanent. Why build mansions in a desert? Baptism of fire is realizing that this world with all its sufferings and, thank you, Lord, sinful urges are just temporary. How good is that? (laughs) Yeah, because it's not just about stuff. It's about all the things that you're fighting. One day, gone. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it won't be a nuke bomb, it'll be God. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we still try and build things that are permanent. Uh, we try to build things that are a lasting memory of ourselves. For future generations to remember. Um, but what we should actually be doing is building monuments that God remembers. Because that's the eternal thing. Love what you had to say this morning, Miss Nick. It's exactly right, because that's my very next point actually. Um, Because in Acts 10, we read an event about a man named Cornelius. Cornelius was a centurion. He gets visited by an angel. um, And in Acts 10, verse 4, I'll just read it to you. This is Cornelius staring at an angel. And And it says here, and he stared at him in terror, as you would, and said, what is it, Lord? And he, this is the angel responding. The angel responded with, your prayers and your arms, which are acts of charity, what you give, have ascended as a memorial before God. There are some translations that say a permanent memorial before God. Something that will be there forever. Forever. And did you notice it wasn't the centurion's position? It wasn't the fact that he was a famous centurion that God even brought up. He was like, oh no, your prayers and what you gave. That's, that's what I've written. That's what I remember. Yeah. In fact, when we fight over money, over land, over opinions, it's just a distraction from the eternal. Guys, got to come back to the eternal. Yeah. When you're watching TV about all the things that are going on in the world, just think, what eternal value does this have? Because it's all going to go away in the fire. <laughs> yeah. um, and in a zillion years, what will remain in the fire? I'll tell you what, it's the relationships that we build, the lives that we reach for the kingdom, and you. <laughs> It's just like, you remain, but what are you going to bring that's eternal? Yes, don't forget, God does an amazing work in our life, and sometimes just the change that's happened in our life, that's what we can bring to God, we like to glorify Him. But don't you want to bring more than that? You know, um, sorry, Mr. Alexander, I'm just going to use you as an example today. He looked at me like, what? 
I was driving to church this morning, right, driving, and I was even thinking about my notes, and I looked over, and there's the Alex crew, like, <laughs> there's a group of people. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't see who it was at first, I just saw all these people ascending, I'm like, oh my gosh, are they going to attack us? <laughs> yeah, you guys. <laughs> and I was like, huh, what are you bringing? Just amazing. Because that's the only thing that's going to last. Relationships, forgiveness, charity. That's what's going to last. And what about those who refuse to be part of the kingdom? they just like, well, you know, what kind of fire will they encounter? Everyone went really quiet then. Well, in Exodus 13 and 14, um, we read about a cloud of fire. Um, what happened was the Israelites had escaped from Egypt and there was a cloud of fire that followed them but at one particular time specifically it, it came between the camp of the Egyptians who wanted to kill all the Israelites for leaving and the Egyptians uh, and the Israelites sorry yeah so between the camps and it says this it says that this cloud of fire gave light to some as fire does but darkness to others. And in the cartoons and the stories, it looks like, you know, like half of it was dark, half of it was light. No, it was still the same cloud. But God's fire can bring light or darkness, depending on your relationship. Is it okay if we speak about hell for just a minute? don't know if we do that very often. You see, hell, people are like, what's hell like, John? Hell is a place where God has withdrawn his redemption and his light. So it's a place of darkness, dark fire, just like the cloud. And all that's left in hell is his refining fire without the light. Because God can't help himself. And I know people say, oh, John, God's not in hell. You need to read your Bible. <laughs> because God is omnipresent. Omnipresent means omnipresent, yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Like everywhere. God actually can't help himself. He's actually everywhere. It's not like, hey, I'm going to avoid that spot. He wishes he can't do it. God is Everywhere. And even just to back this up in Revelations 14, verse 10, it says, He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. This is people who have rejected God. Which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. Where? In the presence of the holy angels. And where? In the presence of the Lamb. God, God's there. God's not in hell. God is in hell. But his light isn't darkness, just dark fire. No redemption there because it's too late. I've had people ask me, but John, what if people repent in like a zillion years? Well, God's outside of the time spectrum, so he already knows if you ever would have. And if you ever would have, you'd be on earth right now. 
knowing Jesus before you die. There is no redemption in hell. It's just dark fire. God can't help himself. He's a refining fire. He is actually fire. People are like, oh, what kind of fire? God. It's actually God. Hell is just God without light. Have you ever seen gold in a furnace? Yeah, the gold's purified, but the dross just bubbles. You know, the dross is all the, all the rubbish. It's all the filth. It's all the dirt. It comes out of the gold and it just bubbles away. That's what God does. God can't, can't help himself. He is the refining fire, and it will either purify you or be a very bad situation for you. Either way, that's why we have Jesus. Wow. Like, when you really, when you really capture this, we are going to lift his name on high. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to be like, thank you, God, because we cannot endure the refining fire of God without Christ's beautiful purity, without his love, without his freedom. And you think, then why does God put us through? Oh my gosh, that's why. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lift the name of Jesus. Um, now, never, don't forget, just to move on a little bit, that we actually carry some of the attributes of God's image. Remember, it says that God in the Bible, it says that God creates us after his own image. Yeah. Um, and being created in his image includes fire, surprisingly, because the fire in our lives can be darkness and destructive or it can give light. Yeah, we have the same outcome with people. Um, I'm going to show you. This is point two. Point two is we are fire. I want to show you something in the Hebrew because I think it'll help explain this point. We've got a picture up there somewhere, I think. Ah, there we are. These are the Hebrew words. Let's start with man. The word man is ish. All right? Ish. Woman is isha. Very interesting. The exact same letters make the word fire. Yeah, fire S down the bottom here. And when you include... God, so in marriage, when you put man and woman together, it makes a godlike relationship. Because it's literally the word Yah. We have fire. God has given you, as part of his image, fire to destroy or to lighten. What are we going to do with each other? Let's let's. Brighten the place up. You know, you meet these people and they brighten the place up. That should be you. <laughs> because we can choose to burn, metaphorically, others, or through unity, we can brighten each other. If the musicians would like to come up, that would be magnificent. Has anyone ever heard of the lady Corey Ten Boom? Oh, yeah. That's a hard book to read, eh? Um, but I do want to quote it. For those that don't know, don't know, Corrie ten Boom was a Jewish person. Um, she lost family members in the concentration camps. It was just a horrible time, right? But she was a believer in Jesus. Um, she actually, afterwards, she opened up a home, or she opened a home throughout the whole series, um, scenario of the war to get Jews in. But then, you know what she started to do? She started to bring people into her home who were ex-Nazis. 
Yeah, like when someone says to me, I'm having difficulty forgiving that person, I'm like, you need to read this book. But my boundaries, oh God. You know, if you actually want the definition of boundaries, it's how to love other people better. Yeah, it's actually good to have boundaries, but the boundaries are always a loving gesture, not a don't touch me because I want to kill you gesture. (laughs) So she decided to love people. And I want to quote from her book, because one of the situations that she encountered specifically, um, so she was happy to let ex-Nazis in, Jews in, she was trying to work all this out, um, but then there was this one man, and in the book it says that she encountered one of the cruelest and most sadistic of the camp guards, and he had recently converted And he comes to her place and he holds out her hand for forgiveness. And this is what it says. This is in her book. It says, she tried to smile. Corey tried to smile. But she felt not the slightest spark of warmth for charity. That's fair. That's fair. But it gets better. So quickly... She said a silent prayer, Jesus, help me. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. Sometimes, just what Nicole was saying earlier, sometimes people, it's not a grand gesture to be generous. Sometimes, sometimes the only thing that you can give is I can can put this, I can do this. You put your hand out, I can... I can do one thing. She said, I can lift my hand. I can do that much. But you supply the feeling. So she's crying to God. She's like, I can do my thing. I can take that first step. I can take that step. So mechanically, she lifted her arm. I like that, mechanically. So she's like, mechanically, she lifted her arm. As she gripped the man's hand, something remarkable happened. A current of energy passed between them, and a healing warmth flooded her body. More than forgiveness, Corey suddenly felt a genuine love for this man. Her eyes filled with tears. I forgive you, brother, with all my heart. And for several moments, she held his hand. This is what she says later. She said, I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. Fire, eh? Fire in us. Fire in us to destroy or to bring life. Wholeness and healing or destruction. She did not hold him to his past. She could have had that image of him. That is that evil Nazi God. I will not release him from that image. But baptism of water, baptism of fire, release them. Release them. So not only did she brighten his life, she also brightened her own. Guys, don't burn bridges. <laughs> the saying that we even say don't burn bridges about relationships. 
The fact that we are fire is all throughout, actually, through our whole conversation, and even English, they make me feel warm. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, God intends this. We have to get a revelation. Fire. Fire. Which brings us to final point, point three. Fire frees you. Not just others, it frees you too. In Daniel 3, there's these three men. Pastors have spoken about it several times. It's um, three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> I know, if you're like, it's a bendigo. All right, for me, that sounds like, you know, you got the word spaghetti, and a little kid comes up to you and goes, I want biscotti. No, that's how it sounds to me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but it's funny. God bless you. Anyway, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> bless you. <sighs> These three men, okay, so they're refusing to bow down to an idol. They're like, we're not going to bow down to this idol. We're going to keep our hearts on God. And because of it, they get thrown into a fiery furnace. So I'm going to read verses 23 to 25, okay? Daniel 3, 20, uh, 23 25. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Okay, so they were fully bound up. If you read the passages, they really wrapped them up, right? Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Whenever Scripture um, repeats words, you have to pay attention to it. And it's just repeated the word bound twice. That's, that's what's going on here. The emphasis here is... They were bound. They were bound. Did we not cast three bound into the midst of the fire? The counselors answered and said to the king, True, O king. Nebuchadnezzar says, Look, he answered, I see four men loose. I see four men loose walking around in the midst of the fire. That would be weird. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I love this. This is like Jesus. Jesus is probably absolutely Jesus in the fire with them. And he's like, it's okay because I'm the fire anyway. And he's like, and I'm using this fire to free you. Not just to bring you position, but to break those bonds. Those things that have bound you are going to be released. I'm sorry you've got to go through the fire, but I'm here with you. Fire brings new growth. Look at the, I was driving, this was about a month ago, I was driving past where a bunch of bushfires were. All this new green grass, green sprouts. Fire brings growth. Fire brings purity. Fire is the formation of your future. You know, you, the purification for iron, gold, silver, steel, plastics, things that are actually shaped. They need to be shaped in heat almost always. People say iron sharpens iron. Yeah, but it's in the furnace where iron gains its strength. Fire frees you. Who's the fire? Who's the fire? <sighs> if 
Fire changes everything. Don't want fire to burn you, but there are things that we need to endure. But I'm telling you, it's going to be your freedom. Just, we've got water baptism coming up after this, and whilst it's going to be about the recognition of us being transformed. I really, really want us to also understand that we've been baptized in Christ, which is being baptized in fire, and have that have that in your mind. Because I, there's a transformation, there's a transformation process. Even the word baptismo, if you look it up in Greek, Andy was pointing this out at our life group. I think it was last month. The word baptismo, really weird. It comes from the Greek word that means to pickle. You know, like you put things in and it pickles them. Yeah, that was telling me that. Because pickling changes it. It doesn't. It doesn't just you know drown. <laughs> it pickles. It changes. Fire is going to change. 